This is the Photo Experiment Podcast, brought to you by PhotoBiz X. <laughs> Sorry, I'll take it seriously. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Andrew here from PhotoBiz X, and I'm with Darren Lahane, and we're on a train on the way to Brighton to come catch up with Matt Badnock and a few other photographers and uh, PhotoBiz X members. I thought, uh, you know, while we're on the train journey, I'll, I'll ask Darren a, a few things about his photography. He's a wedding photographer based here in the UK, and uh, he's also a, a super keen street photographer with some pretty strong views of what is and isn't street <laughs> photography to say. I think <laughs> you called it a high horse. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can get him up on that high horse again. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I guess first up, I mean, why street photography? Um, I have a low attention threshold. I get bored very quickly and very easily. So um, I think the streets, you can get straight out, do something quickly. Um, you know, I haven't set anything up. Um, so there's that. And also, it's, it's kind of what I fell into fairly early on. Um, I tried studio work, didn't appeal to me too much. So um, the street's always there. You can step out, you can take it. You know, I always say it's the most democratic form of photography. You don't need the best gear. I think someone, I think Matt Stewart said, you know, all you need uh, is a comfortable pair of shoes and any camera that's to hand. And I think that's true. You know, so street photography appeals to that immediacy in me that I can just go out and do it without setting too much up and not even thinking about it. So. So is that is that what led you then into wedding photography, or is wedding photography just a way to make an income from photography? Yeah, I, was, I mean, for years I turned down weddings. You know, people can approach me. I think it's like any wedding photographer starts off. Someone knows that they're into photography. They do photography, and you know, all your photos. And to me, you know, I, I was coming from a place where people kind of looked down on wedding photography. They had a certain preconceived idea about what it was. You know, it was photographers who can't make it elsewhere. You know, I did a lot of sort of um, photojournalism as well, and there was certainly that kind of view that. In photography of people that can't make it but so yeah so for years I turned it down and then someone on you kept asking and I just run out of excuses why I couldn't shoot their wedding and in the end I said well let me come and do it how I want to do it like a street photographer coming to, to do your wedding and you know I quickly found out that I loved every moment of it because I think there's a lot of similarities between street photography and weddings you know the way I shoot it you know, I'm looking for the humor the, the odd juxtapositions and, and things like that so it appealed very quickly and yeah I kind of loved it and you know, it was a way of making you know an income from photography that you don't necessarily get with street photography. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I think, I think I well, I know I've said on the podcast in the past that UK, the UK wedding photography scene, the UK wedding photography scene seems to be this hotbed of street photographers turned wedding photographers yeah, or yeah. or documentary style wedding photography. <clears throat> When I mentioned this to you last night, you were pretty quick to say, well, hang on, that's not really street photography that these guys, a lot of these guys are doing. Yeah, I, I think a lot of photographers, definitely in the UK, um, maybe talk about being um, documentary wedding photographers. Um, I think, you know, that's certainly become a buzzword and, you know, there's certainly guys that you know, are doing it 100%, you know, guys like Paul Rogers, um, Kevin Mullins, Neil James, you know, those guys are, but there's a lot of other people that kind of say they're documentary and and you look at their work and a lot of the work is staged, a lot of it is portraits. Um, and 
I think even still in the UK, I think maybe photographers use the term a lot, but the market hasn't caught up with that. So I think a lot of clients kind of still don't know what documentary wedding photography is. So you may be seeing there's a lot of photographers saying we're documentary wedding photographers, but I think if you go out to clients, they don't really know what it is. And, you know, you have to spend a lot of time educating people. And, you know, I, I turn down as many people as I take on if I don't think that actually documentary wedding photography is what they're looking for. Because, you know, as we've talked about last, Last night, the last thing I want to be doing is standing there spending the whole day setting up group shots. You know, that's not what I came into it for. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of photographers that may call themselves documentary wedding photographers. I think a small percentage of them are pure documentary wedding photographers. I think the rest have seen a buzzword and, and maybe use it, and whatever the next fad that comes along, they'll be using that instead. So, um, yeah, maybe I don't see it quite the same way as the you know you saw this thing you know, the UK was some central point for documentary wedding photography. I mean, from my side, I don't quite see it like that. I think America, I think people have a better understanding clients and what documentary is than, than they maybe do in the UK. Yeah, right. I mean, even I mean, I just shifting away from wedding photography and, and yeah. documentary style photography, you have some pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Rigid views on, well, on you've what you spend the day with me. Yet, so, yeah. <laughs> Some pretty rigid views on what true street photography yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, one, I think there's different ways of taking street photography. Um, from you know the guys that are inspired by Bruce Bruce Guild and flashing your face type wedding photography, uh, wedding photography, street photography, um, through to people that are just taking random shots of people walking on the street. To me, when I'm going out to do street photography, I want to capture something that you wouldn't necessarily see. So, you know, you, you could go back two minutes later and that moment's gone. I think if you can go back two minutes later and it's still there, to me, that's not pure street photography. It's, this is, I, you know, this causes arguments in street photography communities when I say that. I think there's a difference between street photography and photography on the street. I think a lot of people confuse the two. So, for me personally, I'm looking for moments that transcend the normal. Um, so, something that will ask questions rather than answer them. So, I think anyone can stand on the street and take pictures of random strangers walking past and it's nice like there might be some interesting shadows but for me that's just what happens on the street on a daily basis it's finding those little moments in between you know I hate using the term decisive moment because you know everyone uses that and it's overused um, you know and someone like Joel Mayovitz talks about the all of it where he's getting lots of different things that are going on at once and that appeals to me more so there's you know not what I call the one trick ponies but there's a number of things going on within the frame but they're all slightly unusual they, they you know they make the, the, the audience question what's going on uh, and that's kind of what I'm looking for but I think you know street photography has become hugely popular and you know that's a good thing that's brought lots of people in I mean once upon a time it was lots of middle-aged white men running around doing it you know now you've got people from, from you know every culture on the planet and lots of women are coming into it so that's a good thing but you know, every, you know with anything in life at the moment it becomes popular it kind of gets dumbed down in some ways and you get a lot of people running around now saying they're street photographers and they may be taking nice photos on the street, but for me, I wouldn't call it street photography. And I'm reining that in as best as I can without wishing to upset anyone and getting a lot of hate mail now as a result of that. So, does it really matter? I'm, let's say I am, let's say I am taking photos on the street. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a street photographer, yeah. but I'm taking and I get something that I like mm-hmm. and I print it, or uh, I put great. it, on, yeah. or I put it on Instagram and I get a hundred likes yeah. or a thousand yeah. likes. Yeah. I'd like to know the secret, first of all, to get that. Um, 
No, it doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, as, as I said to you last night, I shoot for myself, you know. I think lots of people, when they start, they're shooting for an audience or, you know, there's certain street photography groups out there that people are trying to, you know, curry flavour, favour with. Um, so I think, no, it doesn't matter if that's what makes you happy. I think what it matters is, is when people are going out and saying, I'm a street photographer, I'm now going to do a workshop. And then, you know, that, that then is being resold to people in street photography and it wants to sit down further and further and further and you know as I've said to you before I've, there's been a lots of people now offering workshops I've most probably only been doing street for a couple of years and I think if you look at any of the you know I think it was Henri Cartier-Bresson that said you know your first 50,000 photos are your worst and I think in a day of digital you can actually times that by three now so I think it takes an awful long time and you know I was shooting street photography for 10 years and it was rubbish you know I didn't know what I was doing yeah you know over time you get to know you know if you read read a lot of things about street photography you visit a lot of groups which are about so a lot of the collectives like burn my eye in public you'll see proper street photography there um but if it you know if it pleases you then who am i to say you know that's not street photography but um i think when you're going out to the rest of the world and saying this is street photography then i think it doesn't matter because you know for street photography is a philosophy i think people sometimes take it literally you know it doesn't have to be on the street it can be on the beach as we find out in brighton today you know sure. it can be in a public space um so I think sometimes people take it literally and think it just means on the street it has to be black and white because that's the history and you know as I've said to you I, you know, I still work from black and white street photography you know it's I just shoot colour from a street photography because you see so many cliche black and white street photos now so hang on so so you love black and white I love black and white for weddings I certainly yeah. but you love black and white street photography from oh, yeah. from the greats yeah, yeah the greats but, but you don't shoot black and white street photography not now no I used to um, I think like Matt Stewart um, is a classic example on this and for people who don't know him he's now a, a, he shoots for Magnum Photos he, he belongs to the collective in public and he was interviewed a number of years ago and, and someone asked him why he didn't shoot black and white photography and he said well there's such a grand history now of black and white street photography you know so many great names how can you compete with that he said you know colour within street photography you know only took off you know thanks to Joel Mayovitz and people like that in the 70s so there's less competition if you like um, and it's now at our disposal you know shooting colour is a lot more complicated than shooting black and white so it's about opening yourself up to challenge and you know I'm not saying like, there's some great black and white street photography out there but personally I like the challenge of trying to shoot stuff in colour now you know so it's funny now because you you say that you're shooting for yourself yeah I'm not trying to catch you out I'm just trying to get <laughs> yes you are <laughs> but you, you're shooting for yourself yeah which I appreciate I respect that I think that's yeah. fantastic yeah but then on the other hand, you're saying there's less competition if I shoot colour. Yeah, um, I think there's, well, when I say maybe competition's the wrong word, but there's less influence. So, right. you know, I don't, I want to shoot what I want to shoot. Um, now, I think if you shoot black and white, you're immediately thinking of half a dozen street photographers who have shot black and white. I think this day and age a lot of people unless they're really into street photography won't be so aware of some of the modern colour street photographers um, but you know that's the challenge I'm setting myself you know I think it is harder to shoot colour street photography because you are competing with so many colours on the street maybe not so much in London on a grey afternoon but you know when you go off to India the amount of colour you know um, so yeah no I'm definitely shooting for myself um, it's just that I've moved away from shooting black and white on the street because I found I've done it it's kind of you can do it without too much thinking now so yeah. colour you still have to think about it so. right 
It's funny that you mention influence because when I when I walked into the room that you set up for me to stay in when I, while I'm visiting here <laughs> in London, um, it's, this is amazing. It's a treasure trove of a room. With, with, there must be hundreds of books. Yeah. Uh, we might just wait for this announcement. <laughs> It proves we're in England now. It's it please find the gap. That's right. <laughs> um, so this, this treasure trove of book, there must be hundreds of photography books there. And it, it, it looks to me, and I'm sure you've looked through every single one of those, some of those multiple times. Yeah. Some have got dust on, so they're not really looked at for a while. <laughs> but you are so well read in street photography, and you're so familiar with so many other photographers' work, that when you go out, you must it must be hard to block yeah, that out. it is. And I said to you earlier when we were talking about it earlier that when I go out now I shoot so far less than I ever used to because either I'm aware of others that have done that kind of work or have a you know a big body of that kind of work um, or it's so well documented it's become cliched um, so I do I mean I'll go out you know if I get one shot from today if we're doing street photography today I'll be happy with that if I come back with just 20 photos and that's there's nothing there that will be normal because I take far less because far less appeals to me you know the things that I want to shoot I don't see so often but that's part of the challenge and part of doing it day in day out that you know you've seen and you do things whereas when you're brand new to it you know someone walking down the street and you're excited by that you take it because you do that a few times you soon get bored of that and you start looking to challenge yourself and that's for me what photography whether it's street photography or anything if you're not looking to continually challenge yourself and push yourself on and discover that what you want and it changes over time you know the way i shoot street photography is very different to how i was doing it you know five years ago mm. um even two years ago if i you know i've been putting a lot of work on my website at the moment you know from a couple of years ago and i can see a change now in the kind of things that appeal to me so but also i mean we discussed this earlier you know i think being so well read can also have its disadvantages because you either you don't shoot things because you're aware of what everyone else is doing um and it makes it difficult for you to kind of find a new angle on it so that's why i think it's it's important you shoot for what you want to shoot so if something appeals to me i'm going to shoot it you know whether it's cliches or someone else has done it a hundred times better than i ever can you know that doesn't matter because ultimately if i'm pleased with what i do then that's that's success and i know we've had a discussion about what is success um how, how do you measure success as in street photography? Yeah. Once again, I think it's it's just getting that photo that you yourself just think, yeah, that works. You know, there's a number of elements there that work. And, you know, I can put it on Instagram and it may only get one like, you know. And does that mean it's successful or not successful? No. Um, you know, work can get published. Um I was saying to you earlier, I've got a photo, my most popular photo on Instagram is something I actually think is very cliche and I kind of like cringe a bit when I look at it. You know, is that successful because it's got 300 likes? No, I think ultimately it comes down to how you feel about your work. And if you're happy enough to take that picture and put it on the wall at home, then that, that's success. You know, street photography is not about, it's not about money. It's not about business. It's, you know, it's about finding something within yourself. And, you know, it only happens a few times a year where you actually get an absolute, you know, winner of a shot. Um, and I certainly don't expect to go out each day and get that. So if I can be happy with what I'm shooting, um, I'm kind of conscious having listened to a podcast this morning with Ian World and he talked about success as being happiness. And, I, you know, I agree 100% with that. It's, it's personal happiness. It's not what others think. It's about what you think. And 
do you do you print your work the ones that you're happy with I mean I've seen some yeah are they, are they all the prints that you have that I've seen no I've got other prints stored away so some black and white that's been taken down because it's black and white um, I, I kind of I'll leave stuff up for a couple of years and then take it down and get and other stuff printed yeah I mean you know I can't remember who it was once said on the podcast let your J, you know don't don't allow your JPEGs to stay JPEGs they should grow up to and I think you know printing work is something that people don't do so much and I, I think it changes you know how you look at so I, I print books on my photography you know I give to others you know everyone gets at Christmas a you know book of some of my strict photos from that year and really? stuff like that yeah oh, so and, what, what do you use to do the print the, the uh, I just use blurb okay yeah so I go through blurb you know do a yearly selection of some of my photos and, and gift them out at Christmas and yeah. people look at them once and put them on a shelf you know and <laughs> that's it but I think photos need to be printed you know it's something tangible you know they, they get left in a drawer if they're on a USB and it's, you know, I say the same to wedding couples you know print them out you know even if you're not going to use me to, to do your prints at least get them printed out so um, yeah I think it's important but yeah for me I only print out my best stuff so so if it's on the wall I think it's it's a good photo so um, yeah it's been it's been a real treat being in that room uh, (laughs) it wasn't set up for you that's what it's normally like (laughs) that's my working office yeah yeah (laughs) I mean I've never seen such a collection of photography yeah well Kirst and my partner just drives her mad you know we're running out of shelving space and uh, another book turns up and she's groaning or if I go out on a Saturday when I'm not doing a wedding and go do some street photography there's a second hand um, book fair under Waterloo Bridge I'm always bringing back a, a second hand photo book from there and she, she kind of looks at my bags when I come in thinking has he got another book so but I love it you know I love for me I've, I've never I've done one two workshops in my life um, both on street photography and I said to you I, I, you know, I think there's only so much you can take away because all you're learning is how someone else shoots street photography and it may not be what appeals to you or how so I've always learned from looking at other people's work um, and looking at books and, and just going through books so for me that's my training um, and if I'm ever feeling a bit sort of you know oh I can't face it today or you know I just look at it and you know it inspires you and you know you're part of a tradition that you know you're, you're carrying forward and you know I think it's been said before we're still in the early parts of photography as a you know as a history so we're all we're all responsible for taking that forward so um, so you need to be mindful of the past but then bring your own perspective to it taking it forward so so where do you see your street photography going in the next year, two years, five years. <laughs> I'm actually taking one photo a year or something the way it's, it's coming down in numbers. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess... So hang on, are you, are you shooting that much less? Or are you I am shooting less? less. No, I'm shooting that much less, yeah. So I'm you're going preaching. out as often... I'd go out as well, maybe not as often because I'm, you know, shooting more weddings now kind of gets in the way of, of the time that I get to go out and shoot. So I'm mostly going out and shooting less. Um, but I tend to now, um, I'll go away for a couple of weeks solely to shoot street photography. So I go to Spain for a week a year where I just, for a whole week, I'm shooting street photography there. Um, so in, you know, going forward, I guess I'd like to raise, raise my profile, you know, further, um, get the work seen by more people. Um, but I'll still just carry on shooting as I'm shooting and, and letting it develop, you know, because I am ultimately shooting for myself, you know. Um, will Instagram still be there in 10 years? You know, does it matter if I've got 5,000 followers, 10,000 followers? You know, it doesn't really matter, you know. It's, um, it, to me, it's as long as I'm still happy doing it. Who knows, in 10 years I may be shooting landscapes, you know, in a different way to landscape photographers, because I've never done, you know, I, I never tend to follow what other people think is normal, so, you know. Yeah. Um, what, what, would, what would need to happen today, tomorrow, this week, 
in regard to your street photography for you to be like running up the stairs, barging in the door <laughs> and say, Kirsten, look at this. <laughs> and she'll just raise her eyebrows because she's not a fan <laughs> of street photography anyway. <laughs> As you found out last night. <laughs> I think it will be, a, you know, for me it's where a number of things come together. I don't know if you're familiar, there's um, a guy who's got a YouTube channel called John Free. Um, now he shoots a lot, of, well, his, his street photography is black and white. So, so is, is it Jump Free? John Free. Oh, John Free. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, right, so his name's John Free, um, and he shoots black and white street photography. Um, but he talks about the the magic of three in a photo, so there needs to be three elements for it to work. And I think there's an awful lot of truth in that. So you know that may be the main subject matter. It may be the composition, and it may be the light. They're the three things that come together. You know, for me, there has to be more than just one element to make a photo work. Um, you know, there's you know my favourite photo at the moment is one I took at Brighton a couple of years ago, where someone jumping off a wall and it's a couple of kissing, and there's a number of elements in there so something like that where I know I've got three or four things going on at once within the frame that all work in harmony as well you know that would make me run up the stairs and say hey Kirsten look at this and she go yeah whatever it's street photography I'm not really interested you know it's not real art is it so <laughs> not real art she's been that hard oh she's been that harsh yeah I mean, she's been very kind talking to you about it but, uh, she feels you know she and you know there's the moral side of it and she kind of you know she's that counterbalance that you know is it manipulative are you you know we talked about Diane Arbus previously and she was very you know famous for going out and sort of you know photographing people who were you know seen as quotation marks freakish you know and there is an element of people that are doing that you know that go out and look for the most unusual looking people um I try to steer away from that you know photos of the homeless isn't street photography for me once again they're homeless what do you expect them to be doing sleeping rough on the streets so you're just documenting them that's not good street photography and um, we talked about Bruce Gilden as well, where the flash in your face, for me, fantastic work. I love looking at it, and I'm not going to you know, tell people that it's bad work, but the photographer is almost staging that. They're creating the expression, whereas street photography, for me, is you have no no involvement in what's going on within that frame. So, okay. Yeah. When I asked you that question about running up the stairs and barging the door, I guess I, I wasn't angling... You know how many stairs we have to go yeah. up, don't you? So I rarely run up the those <laughs> stairs, but yeah. So my question was more... Or less about the photography, okay. but let's say you know, if you got a call, we want you to exhibit oh, in right. London, yeah, or yeah, you got yeah, a call yeah, from yeah. a famous street photographer who says, yeah. "Hey, I love your work." Like, yeah. what, in what? public, if in public got in touch and said, yeah, "We want you as part of our collective," I would jump at that. Yeah, right. Um, but I think there's a, a number of similar photographers in in public. You know, they've got great guys like Paul Russell, Matt Stewart, David Solomon's all all shooting at similar kind of London, sort of slightly humorous, slightly tongue-in-cheek, so they're mostly covered on, on that regard. But, you know, one of those things, I mean, street photography for me is something I go out on my own, so I'm, I don't necessarily need to belong to a collective. I like that, you know, going out on my own, and it's, it's my world, my way of seeing. But, yeah, certainly if, if In Public came along and said, oh, yeah, we'd like you to, to be part of this, so, yeah, if Nick Turpin's listening, you know, <laughs> here I am, Nick, Anytime you want to invite me along. So, so, so what, what is In Public? I mean, I know it's a collective yeah. of photographers, street photographers. Street photographers. What happens with their work? Um, so they, they self-critique each other. They do a lot of self-promotion, a lot of work. And it was the first real... I think Nick set it up with Matt Stewart in the early 2000s um, as a way back then that they 
felt street photography was unrepresented and it still is now you don't get it into into galleries you know it's still frowned upon by the art world they don't see it as real photography because it is so democratic to use a word um, so they set it up to promote street photography and because it was the first one it's you know it's the most respected one now, I'm sure that will cause debate amongst others you know there's other great collectives out there Burn My Eye jumped to mind they're another great international collective but In Public was the first um, so they tend to be the one that you know if there's any press coverage of street photography in public in Turkey and people like that are kind of brought out for quotation so you know they were the first ones that I became aware of so you know we all you know they're the magnum of street photography I always right. say as magnum you know as the agency for, for photojournalism and documentary photography in public's the street photography equivalent so nice yeah so if they called yeah you know well, you let ho- us know yeah, hopefully they'd call my mobile so I wouldn't have to run up the flat stairs you know <laughs> to get to, to kick down that door but yeah that would be yeah I'd be straight in touch with you Andrew saying yeah guess what okay. <laughs> awesome I'm now part of in public yeah. um, your street photography work where can we see it so I've got a street photography website, which is dlahainstreet.co.uk. And so that's, that's totally separate to your wedding photography yeah, site. Why, why, why do you do that? Because wouldn't your wedding clients be interested in knowing do, that you're out there? Yeah, I do post some of my street photography stuff to my wedding just to show that, you know, this is the engine which drives my... So I do put that on my... But I think from the other point of view, I think people that are in street photography don't want to be looking at wedding work, you know. Um, and we talked about the prejudices, and I'm sure some of them still exist you know people that do street photography so um yeah so i like to keep it separate in terms of so that's where it is so dlahainstreet.co.uk or on instagram at that darren lahain is my street one on on instagram you know i've tried to merge it in the past it doesn't work you know people want to look at weddings and they want to look at street yeah it's very rare you get i've had a couple of weddings i've talked solely because i've seen the street work rather than my wedding work and they've asked me to do it um so so that's worked quite nicely but on the whole i prefer to keep them apart just to finish off, um, how do you feel about shooting alongside Matt Badenock this afternoon? Because you know he is yeah, one to yeah. barge people out of the way for a <laughs> shot if he sees it. I'll let, I'll let Matt have that. <laughs> yeah, he's arranging today, and I'm not going to upset him. So uh, yeah, um, you know, I, we all shoot our own way. I mean, it's like any, it's like a wedding, isn't it? You can have three wedding photographers go to the same wedding, it's all going to look 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 different. Um, three street photographers, you can get three very different. And you know, I think from from what I've seen and heard of the trip to India, he likes his layers work. His web inspired work so we'll mostly have a different take on it but I'm a big guy to push out of the way so you know uh, I'll take the challenge <laughs> I can't wait hey mate thanks again for no, having me you. and for looking after me here in uh, in London it's, it's been awesome so far I'm looking forward to today and the next couple of days so again mate thank you so much thank you and thank you for the podcast Andrew because without that I think there'll be a lot of us that don't even talk to each other so thank you for that You've been listening to the Photo Experiment Podcast with Andrew Helmich, brought to you by PhotoBizX, the podcast to help you build a successful portrait and wedding photography business. To learn more, head to photobizx.com.